He's Aaron. She's Liz. And, and we're, we're married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where we take two different perspectives on some sort of media and we bring them to you guys. Um, now, I'm uh, introing us this time because um, I, uh, I can just see how much Elizabeth is uh, bubbling over. So I'm going to kind of give us an intro and then I'm going to s let her loose. So um, you're going to hear me for a little bit and then you're going to hear her for a long bit. And then, then we'll discuss. So, I'll let you get a good word in. I'm sure that I will. Uh, yeah, I'm scared of that. Um, so we are reviewing um, slash giving our thoughts on uh, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movie of uh, the S Captain America Civil War. Aren't we so timely? Yeah, this is totally right on the, the, the heels of it. So, But there's a reason we didn't do it when it first came out. No, there's a, a, a reason named Elizabeth that we didn't do this. So, <laughs> Now, um, if uh, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, a quick synopsis is uh, Captain America is still trying to find his friend Bucky Barnes, um, who is having problems with his memory and... Um, he ends up finding out where he is, um, after a, um, catastrophe at a UN meeting because of a mission that went wrong. They're trying to have them sign an accord that's kind of, we relinquish power of sorts to, uh, a governing body. Um, and half of the powered people agree half of them don't so it's kind of a you know a split down the middle so um now we will get into some spoilers territory i have a couple things to say uh that are very spoily we will try to um let you know whenever we get to the spoilers however i'm not super worried about it because it is a year or you know at least uh what are we at june we're we're at least six months seven months uh, since this has come out, but, um, even still, uh, we have, uh, I'm a decent Marvel fan, um, I've been a fan of the comics, uh, since I was in middle school, um, Spider-Man being my, my first foray into that, and then, um, you know, we actually, Liz, uh, Liz and I both saw the first of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you, there's a little debate whether it was Hulk or Incredible Hulk. We're going to say that Iron Man is the first of the MCU as it stands today. And while Aaron has a comic book background, I only have the MCU to go on and information he's told me about the comic books. So I am strictly trying to base my opinions on it based on the characters that I've seen in the movies. Which may not always reflect the comic book character correctly, but that's why there's two of us to offer two perspectives. Yes, I kind of keep her grounded and she helps me find the um, silliness that comes with a comic book movie. A lot of silliness today. A lot of silliness. So I'm going to try to keep her in check, but she is, um, like I said, I'm surprised she's not bouncing in the seat right now. Well, you should have used those trigger words on me, otherwise <laughs> I'm ready to just punch some Iron Man's. Yeah, so there's, um, so I'm gonna give my take on it real quick. Um, I, I for one really like the movie. Um, I think the Russo brothers, the gentleman who directed it, um, uh, gentlemen, uh, who directed it. They also directed, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, um, which kind of right now is my favorite Marvel movie. Mine too, I think. Um, you know, uh, Deadpool is probably my favorite character-based one, but this oh, is my yeah. favorite Marvel one. Yeah, that's why we won't be doing a Deadpool, because it would just be, gosh, isn't Deadpool just so great? <laughs> Maybe we should compare and contrast, do the take-two of, of, Deadpool and X-Men Origins will rate. Though I already Ooh. talked about that on a, another podcast. Who's, who's going to take the pro on X-Men Origins? I would have to because the I, I see good in it. Even though it's a terrible movie, I see good in it. So we'll, 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 we'll think about that. We are that. losing fans left and right here. Yeah. Um, so uh, my, uh, my take on it is that um, it's... It is Avengers 2.5, if you want to look at it that way. I kind of feel a lot of Captain America's movies have turned into Avenger 0.5 movies. Kind of. Winter Soldier wasn't that. It was a Captain America movie um, to the point where, like, like yeah, there were other people in it, like, you know, Natasha and, and then Sam Wilson, you know, the Falcon came into it. Um, but in reality, I think Winter Soldier was a Captain America movie, um, simply because it didn't have, like, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> Civil War was one, uh, 
who you call it, one Howard the Duck reference away from being an Avengers movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't uh, I I I still I I still really really like the movie. I thought they did a good job. The cinematography, the fight sequences, the story. From my perspective, again, uh, the story made sense, and um, I didn't read too many Civil War um, comics before the movie came out, um, but I knew enough about it. Uh, like, I knew Tony Stark was pro-registration, and um, Steve Rogers was anti-registration, and that the lines kind of split everyone down. So, um, the... Uh, um, I love I love this movie. It was it was a great roller coaster ride. It introduced some great characters into the MCU with having um, Black Panther come in and um, Spider Man finally make an appearance. Spider Man. <laughs> so um, my my uh, my overall, um, I really enjoyed the movie, um, and and another reason why it's taken us so long. To do this movie, like we just got done watching this movie minutes ago, and I months after it, months released. after because I have been trying and trying and trying in vain to convince Elizabeth to watch the movie. Captain America: Civil War was the first MCU movie I did not go to the theaters to see. Well, you didn't see you didn't see Doctor Strange in I, theaters either. Did that become? Before or after this. That's way after. That was more recent. That's what I'm saying. Civil War was the first one that oh, I did okay, not yeah. go to. And it kept going through Doctor Strange. I didn't go back until Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to the MCU. Wow, that was good. Though. I was I was fatigued, guys. Only so many times you can watch guys in spandex punch other guys in spandex in robot suits. Only so <laughs> many times. Of course, now I'm like, oh, yay, more Rocket Raccoon. Woo! Uh, so... Aaron is correct. The reason we've waited so long is from the instant they announced that it was going to be the Civil War timeline from the comics that they were playing with, instant hate. Hate, 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 hate. I have to admit, I was hoping that they would wait until maybe Avengers 3, but I feel like they're, they, they're kind of getting a little ahead of themselves in this aspect where they're, they're wanting to get to Thanos, they're wanting to get to the ultimate bad. Yes, the, but they are not getting ahead of themselves like Batman v Superman. Did. God no, no. They're they're getting a little bit ahead of themselves, but like only by a little bit. Whereas DC's just like, oh crap, we're completely stepping around until Wonder Woman. And like we watched a, a review of Wonder Woman and it was and they were like It's a good movie and it's the best that DC has come up with yet. So good enough. <laughs> good enough. So um, of course you and I couldn't stop gushing about it in the, oh, the yeah. last episode. Oh yeah, so. our last episode I had not enough kind things to say, which is why I felt I had to go a little dark with this one. <laughs> we'll probably go dark with the next one too, because I have another movie that I think I hated much more than you did. But you also had some hate for. But we'll do that with the next episode. This time, I know you want me to like rant and rave and go crazy. I do want this to be a conversation, though, because I do not just want to bore you with 20 minutes where you're going to finally say, but you know, Elizabeth. Well, I was going to, I'm going to try to, like, kind of keep you on point and make sure you remember sure. things, so. Let's go point by point, then. Let's just okay. break it down. Um, action scenes did rock. Yeah, like, there, there's some just fantastic fight choreography. There's, of course, there's CGI, but the Russo brothers are very much, like, um, they use CGI when they have to. And they use real effects where they can. And they learned to hold on a shot instead of 16 edits. Oh, God, yeah. I, uh, like, boom, 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 cut, 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 cut. I didn't realize how bad of, like, a speed editing or a quick edit kind of movie could be until there's this 90s movie called House Guest with Sinbad and, <laughs> and the remarkably funny and tragically taken too soon Phil Hartman. Um, they... This movie is a comedy movie, and if there's action scenes, they're like, oh, we're going to cut and run a 5K, ha, ha, ha. And, but the thing is, is, this movie is not an action movie. But I swear to God, it had more, it had two to three times more cuts in that than uh, than Civil War. Well, Aaron, why don't we just make a Sinbad podcast then? <laughs> Sincast. We, we, we may have to watch this movie. Count your and... sins, bad. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not cinema sins. Um... But uh, the the fact is, is um, the the choreography and the just the thought process. You saw parts of that in um, uh, Winter Soldier. You yes. saw 
like I like the um I like the action the first opening scene. You know how usually in Marvel movies they start with that open scene that tends to have very little relevance upon the plot. It's just to show everybody there. This one felt like it had a bit more weight to it than previous opening fight proceedings. Not oh yeah, it literally it literally was like the denouement in the first five min minutes. Yeah, not as good as Guardians of the Galaxy 2's opening fight scene, but I don't think anything could be. And that's and that's the thing too is like because there's so much weight that that was it, they're indicative of each of the uh, director styles and mm -hmm. you know the Russo brothers had some just fan they have more thought processes yeah they have the quips the um well there was the one like, in the first but... five minutes there was already a shot that i was like the very first like punch or whatever thrown in that fight oh, was like yeah. the best like oh my that was really good it was it was like nolan level like punch you in the gut type shot it was so. very good it was unique without being like oh look at me look at me look how unique my shot is it was just fun to watch and be a part of and uh I definitely liked the uh, the Ajax Crossbones character. You had explained to me how Crossbones had no feelings because I just thought he was a dick. So well, no, it's uh, because like because of the surgery, he he lost feelings. Uh, uh, he lost. Um, he he was not. He did not receive pain similar to Ajax. Ajax lost it because of a mutation. Crossbones lost it because it literally like he he like well, lost the feeling of so, it. So I'm gonna say the Crossbones. Uh, we're gonna spoiler, spoiler, first five minutes. So Crossbones' death is the first problem that I have with this movie because I was Why? willing to. Okay. <laughs> like, like, like they, if we're gonna go chronologically, we gotta go step by step to this thing. <laughs> I like, and it's kind of funny that there's some of these characters that are like huge revel revelance in the comics. Like Crossbones, I didn't know until after um, Winter Soldier. He is a decent sized um, Captain America enemy. Mm -hmm. Now. The reason why this fight, opening fight, not as good as Guardians 2 fight, is because you just introduce a character who you've seen before, but the first time in this capacity with this turbocharged arms, which were the coolest things ever, I want those arms, <laughs> but with these two turbocharged, boom, boom, hit, and then dead instantly. So first off, you're killing off a character that could have been interesting. You, you made him a device as opposed to a character. Second off, the whole impetus for why this death is important is that... Um, Steve gets distracted, Crossbones fi uh, fires a detonator on his person. And it's, a, it's a suicide vest. Yes, he's a, it's a suicide vest. So Scarlet Witch comes in to contain the blast. Um, but because she uh, isn't fully trained in her powers, which is weird because I felt like she was completely she, trained at the end of the last movie, so now like, oh, now she's, she's not, tied to her emotions. Ooh. She's not like... The problem, the the problem with this character, um, which I'm not an Olsen fan, like from the uh, uh, family, not Family Matters. Um, she acts the best of the Olsen triplets, I, not triplets, yes. uh, siblings. You you are correct. I didn't think I would say that, but you are correct. But I didn't think I'd be an Olsen fan. But she does. She treats the character with hubris enough. But they've they've had to kind of change these characters. In general, anyways, because they're not mutants, they're just enhanced humans. Yeah, I'm okay. I'll, I'll take any sort of, like, you have to bend the plot to work around the studio. I get that part. Yeah, but, but, but the, 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 how they handle this character has its good points and has its bad points. And, um, in, in essence, Wanda, um, Scarlet Witch, played by, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, um, is essentially one of the strongest mutants ever. Now she is not the strongest. She is not in the top five, but I would, in my personal opinion, I would say um, she's in the top ten at the minimum. Like, uh, I'd be interested in seeing more about her character after Wonder Woman. Um, it was really cool to see a character like ride on her strengths, and that's why I was interested to see what Scarlet Witch could do because from the last one, it, her emotions definitely fed into her powers, but she did also seem to have enough control over them where it wasn't like a curse or a, a Hulk type thing where she just gets overpowered. Like, she is in control. It's not a curse. It's a gift. So, anyway, back to the point of this because you, you distracted me trying to make me think about the thing instead of just being mad at the thing. So she My plan is foiled. So this guy, Crossbones, sets up a blast that would have killed hundreds of people because of the radius. She contains it gets it up to a high enough point, and then it uh, runs into the building next door, and, and she loses control, and it explodes, and it blasts the building to pieces, and people die. And that's kind of like the the defining crutch that kind of like pushes the whole plot into motion. Because before, I definitely feel like movies, 
uh, ever since uh, Man of Steel superhero movies have gone out of their way to now let us know, oh yeah, there were innocent people dying this whole time because all of us were saying, wait a minute, you know, Superman destroyed Metropolis. Weren't there a lot of innocent people here? And so DC's approach is, oh no, they're having fights in abandoned warehouses where no one is. Uh, but Marvel takes the uh, option to actually say, no, this is happening a lot and it's going to affect the way that the Avengers are perceived, which brings into point the uh, treaty that they all should sign, that the countries of the United Nations have put together, 117 countries all agree that there should be a governing body over the Avengers. We'll get to that in yeah. a minute. But the problem that I have with the whole thing, I, I have a problem. We're, not even, we're like we're like 10 minutes into the movie. We're going to get two, there. Of a two-hour movie. We're going to get there. There's a lot of good stuff, so it's only going to be... Just me talking about, it's going to be me talking about the exact same problem again and again because the overall reason that I don't like Civil War is that the comic book line I felt like, and a lot of people agree with me, was thrown into the mix at a time when comic sales were dipping as a way to draw interest back in. And in the comics, they twisted Tony Stark and Steve Rogers' personalities to fit the mold of Tony Stark, who could care less about the government, is now suddenly pro-registration. And Steve Rogers, who fights for America till his dying breath, is suddenly free vigilante. Okay, he's... Okay, here's one. Here's the first time, first time of, I'm sure, many, that I'm going to stop you and I'm going to point out things. Aaron, don't mansplain to me, Aaron. Well, you see... Oh, no. my God. No, no, I'm... Uh, the... What the comic writers at the time, or my perception of that is, um, is that the uh, Tony Stark, I, I can't argue with the Tony Stark point of it because Tony Stark can be an asshole who flip flops. As we, I didn't realize, as we see in the movie a little bit, didn't realize that the first time I watched it, the second time, kind of. But with having. Tony Stark be pro-registration um, and Captain America be anti-registration, it doesn't make as much sense for Tony, but it, this for um, for Captain America Steve Rogers absolutely makes sense. He believes in freedom. He believes in people being able to do what they want to as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. The American dream. He literally was born in a time when you had to fight and, almost, and a lot of times die for that right. For your country as part of a greater team of people. Yes, but he also believes that mankind itself can be corrupted. Um, and we are not even going to come close to touching the idiotic decision about the Hydra storyline. Stupid, stupid. Screw that storyline. A I'm, special message to the writers of that comic. Do like not, they're going to listen to this. <laughs> they might. If this is how it works here. This is how the world changes through podcasts. Don't you, don't you forget <laughs> it, listeners. To the people who write that comic, do not have the balls to put out three issues, wait for months for the fourth one, and say to the people who are complaining... If you just hang on and keep paying us your money, you will be surprised about how good this storyline gets. Comics don't work that way, guys. If you want to do that, write a book. You can't make everyone buy well, into your crap without giving us any sort of indication that it's gonna... <laughs> here, here, it might be one of the close times I come to mansplaining. That's that's the, the idiosyncrasies of a comic, of a, uh, a Yes, a, a issue. I don't mind that the comic world plays that game. It's just now, it's a same thing as Hollywood saying, why are all the Rotten Tomato sites calling our movies shit? Don't you just want to go watch a shit movie like you used to in the past before we had online reviewers, you dumb idiots? Which, just uh, give uh, us your money! A, a recent movie that just came out might be a future episode. Oh, I please do. Uh, uh, that please we, do. We're, we're, I'll have to decide on how we do that. But the, We'll the, keep that one under wraps. You feel me? Under wraps. Ah? Ah? Don't, don't make me shut off the podcast. Um, so, going back to the initial point of uh, Steve Rogers being anti and Tony Stark being pro, how the comics how the comics went into it was that the um, that Tony Stark realized the the essential um, uh, what is it called the the implications, kind of a, how 
the Tony Stark in the in the movie, um, RDJ sees the implications. It's a little bit more forced on him in the movie than it is in the comics, and I saw that the first time too. Um, I like the scene, um, which we'll we'll come to that here in a second. But um, the uh, the f it, it he realizes it's still a bit of a change of character. Now there might be diehard Iron Man fans who would who would absolutely disagree with me. We would love to hear from you um, about. Like if there's a better way to go than that, specifically, I would. I know you don't care as much, but the the the. It's not that I don't care about the character of Iron Man. My problem is that one, the argument that heroes breed villains makes sense in Spider-Man's world or in Batman's world, but in the world the Avengers have set up, it's one a little bit of hubris because. Hydra was growing within S.H.I.E.L.D., which was a governing body created to keep the world a better place at the behest of the government. So the problem with that is you can't say that just because there's a governing body in place, the world is now suddenly safer because the Avengers now have someone in charge telling them what to do. Because even S.H.I.E.L.D. was not incorruptible. I side much more with Steve on this point, but the, uh, but the problem I have with Steve's point of view is that even though it's more relatable to me personally, I feel like it's completely watered down by making most of his impetus about saving Bucky. Yes. Um, he disagreed with the uh, Accords in the movie. Anyways, well, that's the thing. Though. Like he disagreed before Bucky was even an issue, which I exactly. appreciated. Like that was a that was a startup. Like this doesn't seem fair. Everyone is corruptible. What if they send us somewhere that we shouldn't go, where we know we shouldn't? Or they won't let us go to some place that we know we should. Exactly. So I get that. But then after that point, and after uh, the funeral scene where he gets the idea from his late love, Peggy Carter, that if some, you know, even Which, if... It, again, kind of a little bit of spoiler. Even if the world is telling you no, right. even if they're saying with every fiber they're being, no, 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 but you know what you're doing is right. You don't move. You stand your ground. And that, that leads into um, a point. So I'm going to take a quick step back. So um, the, the scene where Tony finds out the implications of their actions um, is a scene where he thinks like there might be an assassination attempt on his life, uh, or an assassination attempt on him, rather. Um, and the uh, and a woman is talking to him, and she reaches into a bag real quick. Think he thinks that she's going to pull a gun and try to shoot him, but luckily it doesn't happen that way. Which it would have been way too easy for that. The scene that they did instead was that this is a mother who lost her son because he was over in Sokovia, do, do on like a goodwill trip. Like he's trying to rebuild houses and you know help the mm -hmm. um, the industry or not the industry, but the. Um, Help the poor people. Help, help, yeah. Um, He's making sustainable housing. Is what you're thinking that's about. yeah. That's what I was thinking of. And um, and the mother like gives uh, Tony the picture and like tells him his story. And it was uh, it was a very poignant scene. And it was actually it was well paced, well directed, um, well shot in my opinion too. The actress but, has one of the best lines about how the more you give, the more monetary funds you give the more your guilt is consuming you because those who give the most are those who are most consumed with guilt. And I appreciate that particular line. But I feel, again, that's that's it's the same kind of overreaction that Tony Stark does to create Ultron. He overreacts to the aliens coming through the sky portal and says, well, I'll just make a bouncer at the gate that won't let them in and then creates Ultron. So Who here, literally spends five minutes on the internet and is like, the human enemy, humanity must be destroyed. Oh, every, every AI finds out that we're all crap, Baron, don't you know? Haven't you yeah. seen Terminator? Uh, but, but the important thing about that is that that was Tony's fault. Ultron was completely his doing. And so ever since then, he's been trying to help by giving money to those who could make the future a better place, like the grant, the September fund that he gives to all the MIT students, yeah. which is great. But because of this one scene where the mother of a child who died goes up and personally says to him, you killed my son, he immediately again flip-flops. He could have just kept doing good and then well, funding this project so yeah. people who would make a better place. But he's like, nope. Better go back and tell my superhero friends that we can't save the world, even though it was my fault they had to save the world in the first place. Yeah, and it, it's a little flip-floppy. Um, I don't believe it's uh, just the Russo's fault 
Oh, it's, I don't blame them for RDJ. a bitch. I think it's just, it's kind of, they kind of painted themselves into a corner. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm not saying them as in the directors, I'm, I'm saying them as just kind of all of Marvel. Like, this is like, okay, this oh, is yeah, the story the writers of Civil War, you pit every single hero in the MCU against each other. You either have to have someone, some of them are going to die. They have to die, or it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. And in yeah. the end, no, you can tell me, no one dies at the end of the Civil War run in the comics. Actually, someone does. Not I, anyone in this movie, though. No one died in the... It, and, it, we're, I, we're kind of in spoiler territory anyway, so let, let's just go ahead and put a stamp on from here gonna, on out. It was never going to be spoiler for Aaron. Yeah, we, 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 tr we, we tried, but um, we're, uh, we've already spoiled a couple things, but we've not we've not spoiled anything past, more than 30 minutes. Past the 30 minute mark. Okay, so, um, so uh, listeners, uh, if you're still listening and you've not seen the movie, first off, I highly re recommend you go and watch it. You're going to have fun with the action scenes and everything like that but um, i recommend you watch it with other people because watching it a year after the fact it's really hard to fanboy as hard as when you're in the theater the opening weekend watch it with someone who's either seen it before or seen it before and is a fan of the comic books so um but we'll and we'll get to the uh so spoilers ahead um but from there there was someone who significantly died and i will We'll come kind of, because it seems like we're kind of going through the movie itself. Yeah, I thought we should just so, go scene by scene because it's so well, fresh. God, no, we're not going to go scene no, by no, scene. No, 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 I mean we're the scenes. Go kind of point by point. How about this? The ones but, that I don't have an issue with, we'll say, that was good. That was good. Okay. Now I want you to meet at the thing. Okay. So um, I want to point out with that, the scene with the mother and Tony. Um, the actress, and I don't know her name off the top of my head, and I kind of feel bad that I don't. The actress in that scene and Robert Downey Jr. were actually in a 90s movie um, together, which... I, we may watch. I don't know because that's a little nostalgic for me, and it's it's a cute movie. It's an interesting concept. But Give him the title so you don't get off in a tangent. I actually don't hour. remember. I actually do not remember what the title was. Um, but it's You're it teasing was, our listeners. I am teasing my listeners. So I it's, I know it's on IMDb. Just search um, Robert Downey Jr.'s thing, and you can find it. I do not remember the title, unfortunately. It is a good movie. Um, it's. Uh, it's it's just it's a good kind of wholesome movie I want to say, yeah. but also has uh, Kira Sedgwick in it, um, and uh, the guy from the Beethoven movies. I always forget his name. But, but this, your point. Um, but I I uh, whenever I realized that these two that these two had been in a scene before, I uh, like immediately brought that scene up in quality a little bit. So, um, but I the, uh, I'm sorry I'm a nerd like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. I see. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. I do remember. I was wondering, like, you had a point. You yes. brought up all these okay. things, and then said, so, "Okay, bye." So, so there's this one here, and then the uh, the next scene is them talking about the accords, um, and there you can tell there's people who don't agree with uh, with other people, um, but uh, again, spoilers. Uh, the next scene after that is. Um, Peggy, Peggy Carter. Carter's funeral. I knew you'd want to talk about this yes. scene because no one else in the theater understood this. Scene oh my like god! I was so mad because I um I'm I'm a comic book fan. I have plenty of graphic novels on my bookshelf right now, and we have at least a box and a half of comics. And I hope to continue that expansion, especially whenever we start having kids, because I want them to get inducted right. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. But if they like it, I want them to have that experience too. Um, but I have two, at least two friends who are bigger comic book nerds than me, and they didn't recognize the damn speech. So Peggy Carter passes away in the movie. It's very sad, but it it's kind of indicative because, because of the damn show getting canceled, too. I hate that, though, because that character was so intriguing. I know, and and they try to bring that actress back for something else, and I don't think that lasts very long, either. But not in MCU, but for a different show. Um, but we find out that the um, the agent across the hall from Steve in um, Winter Soldier, because uh, she was an agent set there to kind of spy on, protect him, um, Agent 13 is her title, um, is actually Sharon Carter, Peggy Carter's niece. Yes. So um, I thought that was really neat um, that they made that connection. And I feel like they had that connection, but they were like, well, we're not sure when to bring it up. Okay, we'll bring it up here. Um, but The she, speech that she gives at the funeral is yeah, what gives Steve eulogy. his motivation. Exactly. He It helps him decide what he wants to do, whether he wants to sign the accords or not. Uh, but in the speech, she, she says something about what, you know, like, 
what should we do or like what would you do in this kind of situation i almost feel like sharon was saying it directly because she knew what was happening oh, she becomes was like, a great helper to see yeah as the i feel like on. i feel like she's kind of a stand-in for uh for nick fury in a way <laughs> you're right nick fury's eye patch did not show up once no i um i think they're saving it for something else you gotta save it that money but Sammy you Jay know cost a fortune yeah you know they're like if he was in there he'd be like tony you're being an idiot steve you're being an idiot now work together to solve this. Well, yeah, um, isn't that kind of... We'll get to that point, but... Anyway, go um, on and say your point first. So, uh, in the, the... What Peggy Carter... Uh, what Sharon Carter says in Peggy Carter's words is a big speech about um, when you can uh, adjust... Adjust, or there's a different when word. When you can compromise. When you can compromise, compromise. When you can't, don't. And when everyone else is telling you to back down and to move... You stand your ground and you say no. You move, and it's it's a great um, it's a great speech. But the speech is actually originated in the Civil War comics, and Captain America says it to a kind of a despondent um, uh, uh, Spider-Man, and it's a very iconic speech. Uh, um, our friend from high school, Drew, who's a huge like, I, I will never reach the levels of uh, Captain America fan this guy is, um, has that on a t-shirt, and I think he wore it for the either the Avengers or the first Captain America, because I remember I saw that saw the movie with him, or we haven't been in the same screening, and he had it on his shirt. And it was, it, it's such an iconic piece, that it's, it's one of the more iconic um, panels from any of the comic books, I, you know, um, it... It's and it's a such a breathtaking speech, and I was so happy they included it, and I, I actually liked how they included it. But my friends who are bigger comic, they didn't even realize it. Like they're, I'm like, I'm like, I'm tapping like, come on, he's like, and he's like, what? You're kidding me! I was so mad, but um, I was happy that they included it, and um, I think they did a good job. So that's that was my my nerd out for that scene. So let's let's uh, keep rolling. Well, uh, that gets to the attack on the UN, and my first uh, legitimate complaint, besides just me being a pessimist, do you find that Marvel movies are getting just a wee too predictable? Because the minute they show the UN building, I'm like, that place is going to get bombed. Well, you and I have a way of kind of predicting where stories are going to go anyways. You're much better at it than I. I like to just yeah. immerse myself, so it's weird now when I see these tropes come you, up. You've, I'm been like, with me. Oh. you've been with me for too long, that's why. King... With a stubborn son who's just now learning diplomacy. I am proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. That place is going down, and Daddy's dying. Uh, yeah, the uh, the king, uh, which uh, T'Challa or Takata? No, Takata. Because T'Challa is the son. It, um, it's it is a the the gentleman who they got uh, Chadwick. Um, crap, I'm forgetting his last name. Who was in Forty Two, uh, the movie about. Um, you know, Aaron, when you start the references, you really should have a... You know, I, I, I might have to start writing... I might have to start writing these things down. Um, he is a fantastic actor. In fact, he was in a biopic about um, the King of Soul, uh, uh, James Brown. I'm always foreseeing new actors. I feel like sometimes you, you hit the peg too often... Like, I was totally expecting to be like, oh, they're just going to hire Forrest Whitaker for this old black king. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... Um, they did... That... He did a fantastic job. I'm really, really looking forward to Black Panther now. Yeah, especially after seeing his character in this. At the yeah. very end, he's like, you know, uh, he says some of the best, most iconic one-punch lines, you know. Revenge has consumed them. It has consumed you. I am not letting it consume me anymore. Well, uh, the reason that he thinks it's... It, or the reason he was letting trying to let it... Or he was letting it consume him is because... Uh, the UN building blows up, and they think that it's uh, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier, um, who blew it up. It's a, and from there it develops a very Loki-like plan of we wanted to capture him, you see, because now we can infiltrate him and break down the place from the inside. Just to, again, just a little. I feel like if I'd saw it in the theaters, I would have totally forgotten that. But seeing it now is like, boy, this does seem to be a little. <laughs> they, I wouldn't say contrived, but. I, I get what you mean. I so. get it. I do. I mean, that's the whole reason I like the Avengers so much is because every 
Avengers with a Hulk story starts off with, oh, there's this big baddie that we can't fight, we can't beat. I guess we better bring out the Hulk. Oh no, the baddie's beat, but now we can't beat the Hulk. Like, I hate that story so much, so I'm so pleased that Avengers just, even if it doesn't make complete canon sense for the Hulk to be controllable, I appreciate it more as a character development than I do as a, he's just an unstoppable rage monster, ba ba da ba and only Betty can stop him. <laughs> it's, uh, and they... They did um, treat the Hulk right finally in the the third iteration of him. I like the Ed Norton version. I do too. Um, There's good scenes. The uh, which is a, there's a weird continuity um, continuity continuity which you pointed out. I didn't realize that you did. I know. I, ha I, I have to point that. I out. never get to point out the continuity because the Secretary of State comes in to show them the uh, accord that he wants them all to sign. I'm like, Aaron, Aaron is is, is that General Ross from the Ed Norton. Hulk movie. Incre yeah, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And Aaron's like, why? Why? Yes, it is. I'm like, is that is that on purpose or do they miscast someone? <laughs> no, they did, no, they did not miscast. Need a general. Uh, Call this guy. But didn't he already play something? No, that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's one of those things. It's uh, it, I'm as, as honestly, I was a little proud that she discovered it before I did. Thank you, babe. Thank you. I learned from the best. I learned from the best. Because I'm always like, oh, this actor was in this movie, or this actor was also this. Oh, you yeah, play like, Six Degrees of Everybody when oh, I watch God, the yeah. movie. Kevin Bacon, pff, try everybody. <laughs> um, Kevin Bacon, we love you. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, but the, uh, uh, so the induction of these these characters that they bring up, like Black Panther, um, they did a good job with that, and then... No one felt, um, out of place. No one felt like they just threw it in for fan service. Here's my, my one disagreement with that. Ooh. My, my one, or my, well, possibly will, one of my few I will uh, say the movie makes, I will say when you bring everyone in without introducing them, it makes no sense unless you have seen the movies leading up to it. So it's, this movie okay. only works with your extended characters if you have seen previous movies. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, that, but that wasn't my point. Okay. Um, no, my point was uh, that they introduced these characters and they did a good job with the Black Panther, um, with uh, uh, Spider -Man. Spider Man, and actually Zemo. They did a good job too, um, which Zemo is a, a another one of those characters who's always been kind of an antagonist for Captain America. I appreciated him so much more because he kept the movie from just being. Let's watch our two favorite heroes punch each other to death. It, yeah. it, I hate that when it's. The Hulk fights the Abomination when Iron Man fights um, Warmonger. Warmonger. When it's just a hero fighting the slightly bigger, stronger version of themselves. This this is more of a Lex Luthor Superman sort of thing where we have the character using yeah. smarts as opposed to just physical strength. Because he says it himself at the end. You know, many have tried to just kill you. Yeah, many but, men like, stronger, stronger than I. St stronger men than I have tried. But um, my my issue would be is that. Uh, Martin Freeman of Sherlock, yeah. Hobbit, um, and before I where I discovered him, he plays the uh, the white snorty nose asshole. You yeah. couldn't possibly have got the British accent. <laughs> yeah, he he plays this like this kind of colonel character. It, he does a good job with it, but I just don't feel like they. I feel like they kind of like, oh well, we have this character. Here you go, Martin Freeman. I just feel like they kind of threw him in a little Who's bit. Who's a distinguished so. white man we could get? <laughs> he's he's supposed to have a bit of a bigger role in Black Panther, and he's supposed to have another role in Black Panther. So well, I, don't I don't know why how they that's didn't bring work. Coulson back. Because uh, technically he's alive. And Coulson with Coulson's in the Agents of Mar Shield. Shield Agents of Shield, which shouldn't exist anymore because Shield is disbanded. Yeah, they're doing. I don't even know how the hell that works. <laughs> I I watched the show. I watched the show for the first season, and I loved it. I thought it was good. It had the Joss Whedon um, snark, but it, it it was more of a humanistic approach to things, kind of a, a spy secret agent, almost like an alias type show. I do love me some alias. And then, like, I watched the first episode of the second season. And I'm immediately like, I don't like this anymore. That sounds I like, stopped watching. That sounds like the hero's problem. Kind of. I think that uh, I think that it probably ran into second season of heroes, and all of a sudden it's like, what the hell is this show we're even watching anymore? Yeah. So um, that's so they had to kind of figure that out because Coulson's in that show, but um, that that would be my one kind of okay. I don't like this. I didn't find that. him to be that essential to the plot. In he was. He he had he served little to no purpose. So yeah. Um, so, the, they introduce, you know, a lot of different things, but finally, like, after the bombing, and they figure out that Bucky, or they think Bucky's behind it... There's another great everyone... action sequence where 
uh, Cap goes to find him before they take him away dead, because they're just authorized to shoot to kill, because he's a criminal, as it were. There's a great action sequence with him, uh, and Black Panther shows up in the middle of it in his, uh, not adamantium, I keep wanting to say it, his vibranium suit that stops bullets, and he has claws, and I'm like, how cool is it? It was, it was very fun. He was very fun to watch. Um, and again, this is just the first of many times that I'm like, couldn't we just have talked for three seconds and maybe solved this whole thing. Nah, better to fight? Okay, let's fight. Yeah, and uh, Bucky was a little... I not whiny, but like Bucky little... is completely, like... Even if he was... He still committed the crimes even if Hydra told him to do it. It's not like... He, he still did it, even if he was under orders or... So, he I feel like he should be a bit more remorseful for the actions he's done, but I feel like they're trying to play the character a bit more of... He's been he's done this for so long. He If he lived with that guilt every inch of his life, he would kill himself. Like, how exactly, could he even yeah. possibly... That's why he goes under at the end. He's like, just, just freeze me, put me on ice until you can figure out what to do with me. I'm a danger to everyone. And again, I don't know why the very first conversation was, they're going to come for me again, because you just... Just please put me on ice and just... Well, they didn't have that access to hey, it at that time. They but, did it to Sly Stallone, little... you know, why don't they do it to him? <laughs> God, Demolition Man, that was a weird movie. It's a good movie, I think. But, um, so, uh, so they find Bucky and, uh, they have this great chase sequence slash flight sequence with, um, uh, Black Panther. And they all end up getting arrested and taken to the special... Holding place uh, where everyone's criminal. Well, Cap- no, 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 no. That's that's further on. So Cap's a criminal now, but he's well. Been, they're like they're like him and Falcon we- stuff has been taken away, which is yes. some of the fun comedy. Here's your receipt for your goods. Bird suit, really? I don't write it. It's there. There. There are some great pieces of comedy. It is not a comedic movie no. as others have been in the past, where there's like comedy kind of throughout. I don't know there's how like you little could've... bits and pieces. It was that, too so. serious a thematic subject yeah. to really get. Comedic. It was. It was enough where it wasn't. They took itself too seriously throughout the whole thing. Like they were. They were embedded enough, and they were natural enough that it was allowed you to like laugh, but then get back into it. Whereas, like, with Batman versus Superman and those movies, like, whenever it happened, you're like, ha ha, oh, this is supposed to be a funny, or a serious movie. So, you're like, you're, you're almost, like, thrown off, like, oh, I'm supposed to laugh here? Oh, okay, <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to be serious again. My, the scene, my favorite line, my favorite funny moment from this movie was uh, during the airport scene, which we'll get to, when Spider-Man is trying oh. to take down um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's holding them both. While they're just flying through the air, and he's yelling at the top of his lungs, "You have the right to remain silent." <laughs> Genius. <laughs> like I liked Andrew Garfield, and I, I I was not as big of a fan of um, what's his face, uh, Topher, not not Topher Grace. No. <laughs> he was he was quote <laughs> unquote Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. He, uh, Topher Grace was quote unquote. I think they just gave Toby but, too many crying scenes. But yeah, I felt... they took it to, like Sam Raimi kind of. I like everyone's like, oh, I love the Sam Raimi ones. I'm like, I didn't like them as much. I haven't watched them since I've become an adult, so I probably need to go back and rewatch them. That maybe in a, a later episode. But they're they're fun in, in a campy fun sort of way. Sort of like it's it's okay that the costumes are silly looking and the lines are delivered larger in life because that was when people were still trying to figure out how to make a comic book movie appeal to a large audience. Yeah, the James Garfield ones uh, get a bit a- too. Andrew. And, excuse me, the Andrew Garfield ones get a bit too realistic. So when you have them fight the lizard, it's a little silly in that respect. Like this is. You've been seeing a very real universe, and now you're like, and now you find a giant lizard. What? <laughs> yeah, like there was a camp to the Sam Raimi ones, where it was like the 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 amazing uh, two movies. I I wish they'd given them chance to keep going, but I understand. Well, they just why keep they cutting games. again and again, and I thought the last one, the death of uh, a spoiler, the death of Gwen Stacy, uh, is like some of the best piece of comic book. Uh, movies I've seen a very long well, time. It handled it perfectly. It handled the, the thought of the hero not being able to know what to do with his life afterwards. Uh, and again, they like and then people are like. And oh. she was much better than Mary Jane. I'm oh sorry. my god! Do not get me started on what's her face is Mary Jane. Like, I, get, but I did not like Emma Stone, and then when she played uh uh uh, Damon, uh Gwen Gwen Stacy. Stacy. <laughs> 
when she played Gwen Stacy, I'm like, oh, okay, I actually like this actress now. Like You should like her. She's a gem. Okay. And that's what everyone was telling me. I'm like, I didn't like her, but when she she did a great job as Gwen Stacy. So um I feel like we're getting off track. Here. We we really are. So let's pull it back. Uh, we're 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 kind of still going scene by scene, but I, I feel like we kind of need to now get into like more of a thought process behind it because we've gone scene by scene. We're All right, we're a decent amount of let's time. Let's break it down thematically. Any scene that I have a problem with in this movie has to deal with the simple fact that this seems like a contrived reason to have our favorite heroes punch each other and figure out who would come out on top in a fight. It seems to me that way. I feel that way because of the way that they reduce Captain America's very legitimate argument and side of the story by making it more about him saving Bucky as opposed to his initial approach, which was we need agency to do the right thing. Saving Bucky at times does not seem the right thing ever to do. And even if it is true in the end, even if um, saving him was the correct thing to do because he wasn't responsible for his actions, uh, in the end, saving him does end up killing more people and hurting more people. Yeah, and and I think how they ended the movie... Um, with what happened specifically at the end, um, I think they he kind of atones for it in a way. Not Bucky, I mean Captain um, Cap, I believe. Boy, that seemed tacked on though. Did it seem that tacked on no, to you after? It really did not. After he spends that entire fight in. And destroys Tony Stark's arc reactor in his chest and leaves him there for dead and just well, drops his have, shield. He doesn't have the arc reactor yes, in the chest. In the suit. He, in, in the, the suit. suit, yeah. Drops his shield, walks away, and then he's let her. Tony, I'm sorry I had to do that. I hope we can still be best friends. I know what you did was the right thing to do. It just, it felt okay, too... That one was a, that was a little tacked on, but necessary. I mean... But, but that's the thing, though. That's what makes it so contrived, because if you're just going to have them all be friends at the end, it is a really insulting move to me personally. It's cool from a nerd perspective, because like, oh, look, 12 of my favorite heroes all fighting each other. Oh, look at that move. Oh, look what Spider-Man so, did. Oh, look so what Batman did. The, the, the thing about this for the future, so whenever they have Infinity, or the Infinity Wars. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you're going to handle that many characters. God, it's, it's I'm, I'm envy, honestly curious. I envy no man that task. So with, or woman. <laughs> so with that in mind, don't you think that because, like, Cap reached out and said, you know, I'm sorry, this is, I had to do it and everything like that, and here's a way to contact me if, if you need to, that they're, they're not, this, this scene isn't going to happen. They are trying to defeat Thanos, or they're trying to do something, and literally, like, they get their asses handed to them, and they're like, well, if we had cap and his squad well, we might saying. have had like, a chance it's, it's set up for future fuel instead of just addressing the conflicts within your movie a a stronger movie would end it with every, if you're gonna split them up split them up don't ever have oh, them talk to up. each other again they're, they're split no, up no but they're split up no friendship no no lost love between them like they are done over and out like commit to it i i just wish that the movie it seemed to, you know, it didn't hold its punches when it came to showing how, you know, angry these people got and how much that would lead to the fight. And I, and the only time that Tony Stark ever felt justified was when he realized, spoiler, that the Winter Soldier was the person who killed his mother and father all those years ago. Which, again, that was the only time he felt ever justified in his actions. Not any scene previous, especially when he imprisons all his friends and then says... You know I'm the right guy here. I'm like, you asshole. Well, he he knew he was in the right, but he feels like he felt like it was in the, for the it, he had to do it the wrong way. Yeah, you lock Scarlet Witch up and say, no, this is just a nice place for her to be in internment, and then yeah. they she gets locked in the most uber ultra prison ever. He's like, I didn't know they're gonna put you in here. I'm like, really? You didn't think that the government, after seeing this destruction, would put the person who could change all of reality into a maximum security prison in the middle of the ocean? You didn't. Oh, funny. Hmm. I also wonder how General Ross got ever got promoted to Secretary of State because of his spectacular inability to handle the Hulk in any given circumstance. Ross is just an asshole. Ross exactly. is a terrible character. Why I don't know if they like if they, if they're handling it right or not because I, I don't I don't I've not read too many Hulk comics, but like that is just a terrible character. Yeah, every time like he's the one who brings out the Hulk every single time because yeah, and Orange just doing his own thing, trying to be calm somewhere, and then he sends someone after him to try and take him in, and then this thing happens. But the um, so the, here's and and um, I want to bring this up because this is a point that I told you I wanted to talk about. Yes. Um, with this movie, um, 
you asked me about, well, no one died in the end of the comics. Someone did die at the end of the comics. Who? Captain America. That would have been a spectacular punch to that movie. Here's the thing. Captain America died at the end of this movie. It's a, this is a, kind of a spoiler, but, at, I mean, we're at this point. Oh, the, the mantle of Captain America. Exactly. Because he leaves behind his shield. Exactly. Captain America still died at the end of this movie. Well, tell me from a comic book perspective, who does he turn into? What mantle does he don afterwards? He doesn't really... No, 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 no. In the comics, he's dead for a while. But he he's, came back. Yeah, and then he comes back as Captain America. Okay. But actually, after he dies, um, Winter Soldier becomes Captain I could call America that. I would call that. And then... That. Um, Sam Wilson uh, has been Captain America. There's been a female Captain America. There's there's a lot of different iterations of this this one mantle, but a lot of people didn't realize that. Whenever because at the end Tony Stark says, um, you know, you don't deserve that shield. My father made that shield for someone who deserved it, and instead of like arguing, Cap just drops the shield. In in real in in, but, in so in that instance, but right Captain there, America if he had died. kept arguing with him, I feel like their friendship could have been resolved. But the the just drop he and dismissal. The, the, the man just found out that the that this that his best friend killed his parents. Okay. And he's like, there's no reason. He okay. tried reasoning with the him. Russo at the Russo brothers. Here's they did not fit, they did not let the audience know in any way that Cap was aware that Bucky had killed Tony Stark's parents. That, uh, that was something else too. He, that, that's a point that's not well explained. It is you, not at all, because I totally don't he, get it at that point. But here's the thing. It's, uh, he, we know, we knew that he knew. But it was We wasn't, didn't know that. Yes, we did. They said it in uh, Winter Soldier. It's just, it's oh, not God, well, it's really? not as well explained. They tried to hide it, but they hid it. Too much in the shadows. I never once heard them say, I've done terrible things. You know the terrible things I've done to loved ones of yours. And you never hear Cap say, I know. Like, you don't, I never, I never got a single, and I, and I watch these movies just as closely as you do. So this isn't a matter of, oh, this was just a scene I didn't pick up on. If I did not hear it in a, in any way ever justified to me in both of these movies, I feel it is a failure on the part of the filmmakers to let us clue in at least even a little bit as to why it was that Steve knew and then didn't tell Tony. Yeah, and I'm tired the of best. the trope of, I kept it from you to protect you. <laughs> protect your emotions? Like, what? <laughs> that was a little silly. Oh, um, also, young RDJ looks like Rob Lowe. And you say, I get off topic. So, um, so that it, it was an interesting aspect, and not everyone, including myself, realized it at the beginning, whenever this movie first came out, that... Captain America died at the end in going with the comics. So, I think... Well, it's better than um, Superman dying just to come back in the next movie because what are you going to do? You, there's there. He dies in his second movie you're, and you're going to have to bring him back whenever you join everyone up in the Justice League. There, there is not a jerk-off jerk motion big enough for what my heart feels about that movie. Um, so Your here, anger burns the intensity of a thousand white-hot suns. A thousand? Try and... A bajillion. A quadrillion! Okay, okay. We're focusing on my anger, not yours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll focus on uh, mine maybe next time. So, um, I, I guess we should look at maybe wrapping up just a little bit, because we've gone through the, most of the movie. We've skipped over a lot. Um, the airport scene, the main kind Best. of fight scene. If someone had told me that Giant Man was showing up, instantly would have gone. I would have forgiven everything. I seriously thought Giant Man was going to make an appearance in the first movie. The first um, Ant-Man movie. Um, 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 comic book nerds, could you please let me know why uh, the physics of Giant Man work? Because when Ant-Man is the size of an ant, it is all of a human person's mass in the point of an ant, which is why he's like the punch of a bullet. But when he's Giant Man, <laughs> reversing that should mean that his punches should land like feathers. He should float everywhere he goes because he should have the mass of a man spread across an acre of space. That is my point. And, uh, My eyes have rolled about six times during this. Speech. It makes sense, you know. Spider-Man even Spider-Man even says, "You know, Cap, your shield doesn't seem to obey the laws of physics." <laughs> that was funny, and that's true. All uh, of at one, point, at one point, he throws the shield and like it goes up in the air, and then Cap catches it again. It's like, 
where the hell did the shield go, and how did it have some sort of rotation to come back to Cap at that point? They do talk yeah, about, like, that's, that, like, that's addressing the fans, like, you know, is Cap's shield a boomerang, or a flying frisbee, or does he call it to himself, or does it change course in the air? Like, <laughs> does he have a mental, like, link with he's that? He's linked with the shield. But, uh, we're, we're fans of the uh, YouTube series, Game Theory and Film Theory as well, and this is where that's coming from for her, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, so... I guess we need to kind of look at wrapping up because we've been talking for plenty of time uh, about this movie. Uh, so um, I believe last time we did some sort of, um, was it out of five or was it out of ten? I believe it was out of five. Out of five. I think we do five or ten. I think people understand. Okay. Are, do we, are we allowing for point fives or no? I can't remember. Let's do a point five if you really feel okay. like it. Okay. I'm going to give this either a 3.5 or a four out of five. Um, because I enjoyed it a lot. I thought, again, uh, as I was gushing earlier, uh, cinematography was great, the direction was great, the writing was great. It had its flaws. Uh, there's not many perfect movies out there. If there are any, I might be too, uh, too critical. Uh, my parents would say I'm too, way too critical. Um, but I'm going to give it uh, at least a 3.5, but I could I could go up as high as 4.5. Or, sorry, not 4.5, 4.5. But four. Um, Guardians might be 4.5 for me on that one. Uh, one or two. 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 One was good, but two was so much better. Two handled the characters better. They didn't have to go through like the introductions, which the introductions were really cool. This isn't a review of that. Um, it would be two. But I'm, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say two... Or, sorry, not 2.5. 3.5. I'm going to say 3.5. Okay. Um, I will say, I have hated many movies more than I hated this movie. <laughs> For all of my talk of hate going in, I didn't, again, I, um, there's another movie that came out recently that I said the same thing. I did not go in this wanting to hate it. I don't appreciate the storyline, comic or movie. I don't appreciate the sentiment, and I find myself often in the, in the minority on this particular case, which, so it's hard to speak my mind about this particular storyline, but I still feel it very strongly. I don't feel that... The characters are nearly what they should be, and it feels like an excuse to bang uh, action figures together until one comes out victorious. <laughs> I'm Iron Man. I'm Captain America. <laughs> yeah. At a point, it does. Yeah, I never did that as a kid at all. Considering, yeah, <laughs> considering uh, how many scenes, oh, amazing fight! All the action scenes were great. Considering how many action scenes could have been stopped with a simple, wait a minute, maybe you aren't so crazy, which does happen, by the way. Iron Man shows up in that Siberian torture prison, and he's like, Cap, maybe you weren't so crazy. This is a truce. Okay, truce, done. Boy, they flip-flop so many times. You've got to say, even if you like the Civil War storyline, there are so many, we're friends, aren't we? Fight, punch, punch, quip, punch, punch. It seemed that way to me. But like I said, I've hated many movies worse than this. I thought the action scenes were fantastic, and I thought that uh, I liked seeing all the characters. Um, I liked seeing their talks more than I like seeing them punch each other, really. And I like seeing the special moves, but again, I feel like I could just watch a video game for that, like, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming video game trailer, which looks the best. Uh, Spider-Man, just Spider-Man. Sorry, my yeah, apologies. It, I don't believe it has a tie-in to the movie at all, which... But it's definitely oh, coming out because of the popularity of Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Sort of, sort of, but I am... Yeah, I don't pre-order Watch the trailer, games. see if it looks oh like a reskin God. of another really amazing superhero movie, uh, and that's a good or thing, by the way. Game. Not, yeah. Uh, yeah, superhero game. That's a good thing, by the way, that reskin. That being said, in the end, I felt that the characters were too... The motivations and their thoughts were too wishy-washy, to, and they didn't pull enough punches, ironically. So I would actually... Uh, 2.5 at the very most. It wasn't great... But it wasn't terrible. You know, I I think that's fair. Um, I I think that um, you you she's giving it a lot more credit than she was before she watched it. Yeah, I'm she glad. was so anti this movie. It was ridiculous. For if you're gonna make a movie based on this timeline and storyline that I hate, this was a good way to do it. Not, you know, I was never going to be like, yes, Civil War is not completely justified in my mind, but it <laughs> at least uh, is a good movie overall, and I can't fault it for that. So, yeah. 
Alright, so we've got a 3.5 for me and then a 2.5 from you. So That's what we did, remember? We each rated out a 5 and then we added it up to see what our total score was out of that, 10. That's right, that's right. So, uh, so... Six. Six. Six out of ten. Um, I, I'm sure we could probably write it just a little higher, but... Um, but nope, that's the way the system works. We can't change way, it. That's math. That's the way the system, our system works. So Our totally real system. <laughs> well, uh, we want to thank everyone who listened to this um, for listening, uh, for taking... We we definitely came in a lot more under the, the uh, our previous one. Oh, well, the last one was just gushing about Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. We will say that we don't have any way to follow or talk to us right now, um, but the next one or two that we record, we will have either a Twitter handle that you can tweet questions at us to. I think that will be the easiest way to maintain a relationship with people who want to listen and talk to us as opposed to running a Facebook page or something. I don't think we need that much just to start off with. But we'll have a way for you guys, if you do want to suggest movies that we might have differing opinions on, knowing what you now know about us and our thoughts. Um, yeah. I think we'll try to, you know, we've done two superhero movies. Maybe the next movie we won't do a superhero movie, but we'll do something a bit No, I, I, have, I have an idea, I think, of what we should do for our next one. So it won't be too, uh, necessarily uh, uh, two ideologies. I think we just need to talk about this movie. So. Alright. Um, but we've, you know, we've got ideas, but we'd love to hear... Um, um, you know, uh, maybe something that we either would differ on or uh, have two different um, uh, ideas going into it. So, or like, you know, a nostalgic movie for you and, and versus first time watching it for me or vice versa. So. Or a remake of a movie against the original. That That is poss quite possibly what the what might be a future episode. So, Ooh, Color me intrigued. <laughs> so, but a hint of mauve. So we are, uh, we, again, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, be on the lookout. We're, we should be setting up a Twitter handle soon or some sort of um, way to contact us through a more of an official capacity. <laughs> Until next time, she's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.